guessed it, it's time again to shoot the sheesh. And now your hosts, Kevin and Patty. Yeah, I never thought that tickling was against the rules in the quiet game, but they were saying I was cheating by tickling them. So that's, I mean, what do you think? Uh, I'm not willing to give up the trophy, so I'm going to say you're good. All right, good, because I always thought that was legal. Yeah. Okay, well, hey, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Shooting the Sheesh Patty. How are we doing today? I'm doing great. Uh, great to be back after a missed week. That was kind of unfortunate. Yeah, you really, this is the best time of year for sports. Uh, all four major sports going right now. Uh, just a lot of action in the news of sports. Uh, really just a terrible time to miss a week. And I will say, in my opinion, one of us a little bit more culpable than the other about the reason we missed last week. Uh, I mean, I, I basically have to take full credit for that. Um, so basically, I'm not sure if the story will be super interesting to all of you, but we did miss a week, and uh, so Kevin, I, I usually take the train to Kevin's place to record this podcast, so I was feeling a little hungry, it took a different train from usual so I could stop and uh, grab some food beforehand, when uh, when the train stopped at the station where Kevin's place is by, it just didn't let anyone off. It stopped in the middle track, which I never knew what that meant, but apparently means no more passengers can get on, so I don't know why it stops there in the first place. But uh, regardless, it was an express train, and the next stop uh, wasn't until Arlington Heights, which for those of you who are not from the area, is like a suburb that's basically half an hour away from even where I live, which is like further out than Kevin. So just a major inconvenience, uh, basically made recording the show impossible. And uh, to make matters worse, that was the same day that it was Cubs Nationals Game 4. So I was listening to it on ESPN Radio on the way up. I take this train all the way to Arlington Heights, middle of nowhere, no reason for me to be there. And then I hear uh, Michael Taylor hit a grand slam and the Cubs going to Game 5. And just just basically ruins not just that day, but the next day. Just just awful. So I, I, I apologize to the listeners. I mean, and making it even worse, like Kevin said, it's such a big sports time. I actually had a ton of segments. I'm not always like super pumped to record. You know, I mostly do this because Kevin's signed me to a multi-year contract and I, I'm doing, yeah, it, to which, su- doing which, it to support my family. Despite but. this mistake, the contract is still looking really good. Okay. Well, that, that, that's good to hear, but I am very team friendly contract. I am, um, I'm sorry that you guys all missed out on that. Yeah, uh, the one bright side of it is this act- This episode is going to be action-packed. Uh, normally we do like a fun segment in there, but I think we're hitting a lot of big news this week because since we missed last week, a lot of news has piled up on us. Yeah, I mean, I called one of our previous uh, previous episodes a veritable smorgasbord. Uh, the smorgasbord is back. We're, we're going to be treating you to all, all types of little little nuggets. No, no big nuggets, but, you know, a little chicken McNugget meal. Yeah. So I think we should stop teasing them and just dive right in. I agree. Uh, We'll start off, I think, with the MLB. Yep, uh, MLB playoffs. Right now, I mean, we got to talk about the obvious, being both Cubs fans. Cubs are down 3-0 right now. It's not looking good. Right, is, is when you're listening to this, there's probably some sort of final there's, uh, yeah, there's verdict. There's very little chance that, <laughs> first of all, that the Cubs are still alive in any capacity, but but yeah. Uh, that it's even looking much better than it does now. Yeah, they are down 3-0 as of this recording uh, with Game 4. going to be later tonight. Um, one thing that's really frustrated me about this from like peripheral fans, as I would call them, is a lot of people complaining about the bullpen. Like, I'm hearing a ton of complaints about the Cubs bullpen, which to me kind of feels like complaining about a leaky toilet on the Titanic. Yep. Like <laughs> obviously the offense is the big problem here. Like four runs in three games is not going to win anything. Sure. The bullpen's like a bit of a problem. Very frustrating that CJ Edwards walked the pitcher with bases loaded yesterday 
and it doesn't seem like they have anyone who they can rely on except Wade Davis. That's a problem, but like unless you're scoring runs and putting yourself in a position to win, it's kind of pointless. Yeah, I mean, they literally had the worst batting average through seven postseason games of any team ever. Like It's historically brutal offense, and I agree. The, the, you can kind of tell which people don't really follow the Cubs in the regular season by how like how mad some people are getting at certain aspects of the Cubs that you just can't really help. Like, People, it's become so in vogue to like get mad at managers, especially like Joe Madden, who I think deserves a lot of slack. Uh, people get on him about every single decision, and a lot of them, it's like if you went the other way and it was wrong, you would have criticized him just the same. Like it's right. the bullpen usage gets so overly criticized. It's it's really like all the offenses. Most, I mean, basically, it's all the offenses' fault. You can't get in a slump at this time of year, but that's baseball. I mean, it can happen, and th- and you look this bad. Unfortunately, too, I think it's kind of predictable because this is the way the Cubs have been all year. They, they either score 19 runs or they score two runs. Mm-hmm. It's been like that all, all year, year long that they either explode on people, they string hits together, or nobody can get a hit. Um, that's absolutely right. And uh, what I was going to say was going into the, when this year was the Cubs were kind of struggling throughout the season I was thinking you know we won the World Series last year if we just make it back to the playoffs this year I would kind of consider that a success then the National Series comes around things aren't looking good after uh, four games I'm like well I'm just glad that we made it this far you know then we make it through that and I'm like wow three straight NLCS is like I keep kind of asking for more and now they've lost three in a row and I, really I should be I feel like we should be overall happy with what the Cubs did this year I mean I know the with Arietta leaving in free agency that you some could say the championship windows a little bit closing but with so much young talent like making it to another NLCS and just putting ourselves in this position in the first place like I don't think we can complain too much I think Things are continuing to look up. I think a lot of the players, I think Kyle Hendricks uh, silenced a lot of critics this year by coming up with another strong year. I think like you can veritably say that he is for sure uh, a two or three. Oh, like, yeah. He's solidified himself there. Like there's a, there's a lot of positives going into next year. I'm not worried about next year. I still think they're going to be the heavy favorite to win the Central. Um, they won't be coming off most likely. They won't be coming off the same kind of pressures that they did last year. Some of that will be relaxed. And you know what? The series, like as crazy as it might sound, it isn't over. Like mm-hmm. this offense can't explode on people. And the pitching staff is good enough. Like this is a pitching staff good enough to win again. It's exa- almost exactly the same rotation as last year. Yeah. Like it's not over yet. And even if they do lose, it almost feels a little bit like deja vu in that they got swept uh, two, years two years ago. ago. They won last year. If they get swept year, I'm I'm betting I'm going next year. That's exactly what I was thinking. Was I just I just hope we win tonight. Uh, we're recording this on the same day as Game Four, just to avoid the the sweep that happened two years ago because it was such an anticlimactic finish. I just want to show a little bit of fight heading into next year. And uh, and as you said, going to be heavy favorites on the Central. And once you get into the playoffs, anything can happen. So I don't think we're we're. I mean, obviously, it sucks to to lose at any point, but. There's, it's not all doom and gloom. No, and uh, as much as this side of the uh, playoffs are a blowout, the other side looking pretty exciting in the AL with the Yankees and Astros. Yeah, I keep like, I keep totally getting my mind messed up with how to look at the AL playoffs. Uh, I don't know if this happened to you, but when for the Astros and Indians in the first round both leapt out to two nothing leads, I was like, all right, this is just going to be a boring first round. Like, the, the, clearly the Astros and Indians are the best two teams. So I kind of started pulling for the Yankees. I'm like, I, I, I want these series. I, I love postseason baseball. I want a long series. Like, let's hope for the Yankees to come back. 
They win two games. They take it to game five of the Indians. I'm like, oh, God, like I was cheering for the Yankees. Now they actually might win this. Then they've done it. Same same exact thing this this round. Astros won the first two. I'm, I'm still thinking that Cubs might be in the World Series. I'm like, Cubs-Yankees World Series would be pretty nice. Like That would be an all-time classic. I kind of want the Yankees to pull out a couple games here. All of a sudden, the Yankees have won two in a row. I, they're winning as we speak right now, game three. They're winning four nothing. So uh, it's... We've kind of been like ruining the Yankees all all season long on this podcast, and they they continue to just not go away and just be annoying. That's a scary <laughs> offense. It really is. One thing that I think has been interesting, and this is like less about that series, more about the playoffs as a whole. I haven't really heard a lot about it, but it's it's awesome that the biggest the four biggest cities in the U.S. are the four teams left. I did read that, that anecdote. Yeah, I did. yeah. I, it wasn't really made a huge deal of it, but that is a, a very just like weird thing. It's like amazing for the ratings. Like the TV uh, networks must be going crazy. Yeah, I heard, I heard some like Nationals conspiracy theorist fans when the calls were going against them in New York. They're like, oh, they just want the more glamorous market. I don't think that necessarily is the case, but this is definitely a dream for the MLB. No matter what the two teams playing are, it's going to be huge ratings. Like Houston versus anyone would be like the Houston redemption story mm-hmm. plus the fourth largest market in the U.S. Um, Cubs obviously have – Cubs and Yankees have the two most fans, maybe outside the Red Sox, across the nation. Um, and I'd then the Dodgers or L.A. Mm-hmm. I mean, no matter what, this is going to be some of the best ratings World Series ever. Probably will be the best ratings, but I kind of feel like it is every year, right? Uh, yeah, I mean, last year was definitely with the, two, the, the two teams with the all-time longest uh, drought. Or not all-time longest, but currently longest droughts at the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, that, that was a, a no-doubter, and this year's going to be pretty much just as good. I, I, I don't know about you, but if the Dodgers make it, I'm going to be pulling again. Uh, if it's Dodgers-Yankees, that's going to be really tough. But I hate the Dodgers. Their stadium, like, PA, has been so loud and obnoxious, blasting, like, weird, like, EDM. And just, like, it's almost, like, pumps the fans up like an NBA game. It's very, like, odd. I don't remember it in the NLCS last year. But this year, I kind of, that whole L.A., like, obnoxiousness has really been getting to me. So I might have to, I don't, I don't know. I really hope I'm not forced to pick between Dodgers and Yankees. But regardless, it'll be it'll be fun to hate watch, I guess. <laughs> in an ideal world, it would be Cubs Astros. Uh, but we might not, it does, it's not really looking that great for that ideal world. Mm-hmm. So I guess we move on from MLB and just hope for a miracle. Yep, that's all we can do at this point. All right, so let's, let's go to the NBA. We haven't talked a lot about the NBA in this podcast because when we got it started, it uh, was right in the postseason. Mm-hmm. Uh, and now... And, and the postseason was a foregone conclusion. <laughs> right. Which correct. it basically will be. This, which we, I mean, I feel like with other sports, we've given our preseason predictions for like basically uh, what the championship will be, who we think it could win. I guess we could do that right now. Uh, I'm thinking Warriors-Cavs. <laughs> Are you kidding me? No way. Uh, yeah, I think I would be so surprised. If- it was funny. I... I the ESPN came out with their like preseason their experts prediction column. I think it was seventeen experts, just Warriors, 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 Warriors. Especially after what <laughs> happened yesterday in the Celtics game. Like now, it's what's even the point? Can we just skip to the finals? Yeah, I mean, the so what happened yesterday? Gordon Hayward, one of the more gruesome injuries you'll ever see. Um, I kind of wanted to just pick your brain about this, Kevin. It was one of those things where I didn't see it live. The Cubs, Cubs, Dodgers was happening at the same time, but I immediately saw just Twitter blowing up about gruesome injury like do do not watch this if you if you can't handle the queasiness so i wanted to know like what your thoughts are on the, the i immediately thought back to the kevin ware injury at little right. there's uh paul george kind of had a similar really bad one do you do you 
uh, are you kind of too squeamish to look at these? Do you just have no interest, or are you like watching the replays? Like, oh, sick. so so, t- so typically I watch them. I would say typically I do watch them, mm-hmm. uh, especially in the past, just because I always watch Sports Center, so it would always come on. And, oh, uh, that's the best because the, the anchors give you that little like warning, and they're like, oh my god, this is something like out of the ordinary. They're like, if if you can't handle this, you might want to look away. And then right, they say, have to watch. they say the one thing that forces <laughs> you to tune in, even yeah. if you're like zoned out doing something else, like you are for sure going to zone in as soon as they say, do not look at this. Mm-hmm. But my opinion on it has slightly changed. I will say, um, I won't even bury the lead here. I I don't plan on seeing the Gordon Hayward injury. Like you said, the Cubs game was on. I did not see it live. I made a conscious decision to this point and think I will continue to not see it. Um, for the reason being, with the Kevin Ware injury, I had a friend uh, in college who would constantly just randomly send that image oh. out. Just oh. all the time, just like at rare random times in a group message, would just shoot it out for no reason. That's and I, so I've seen I've seen that like nasty bend so many times yeah. that I can like close my eyes and picture it. And just I just really don't need. An, I really just don't need another one of this. Uh, I don't. I wouldn't even call it like a squeamish thing. I just like. My mind doesn't need to be that creative with injuries. Like when worrying about doing things that might harm myself, like I don't need a lot of like creative examples just stored. Yeah. But for me, I always have the same exact reaction to them, which is what what happened with the Gordon Hayward thing. I, I immediately read like, don't look at this, don't look at this. And I immediately think, okay, I don't want to look at this. Like I've kind of what you said, I've seen nasty injuries. Like I know I'm not going to enjoy this. Don't look at this. And then after about three hours, I'm like, all right, I kind of have to see what everyone's talking about. And then I, I end up seeking it out, which I did. Uh, I don't know if I regret it or not, but it, it, it was it was disgusting. And I, I, I probably could have gone on with my life without having seen it. The thing that always blows my mind with those basketball injuries is like, it's always a weird non-contact thing where it seems like it could happen to anyone at any point, which is so scary because like have, being a guy who played pick up basketball like all the time in college obviously not with the same athleticism like I'm not jumping 40 inches like these guys but just seeing them land on the ground and that your body can just do that like with no warning just like freaks me out kind of yeah yeah no I think that's like part of the reason why it's so gruesome to watch like even beyond like the unnaturalness of it is that it's like he wasn't even like the Kevin Ware one's one I'm going to because as I said I didn't see the Gordon Hayward one but like yeah it was just like a normal jump like sure higher than us but it doesn't yes. seem like that should be possible. <laughs> yeah, it's totally different than seeing a football player just get like knocked unconscious. You're just like, all right, well, I'm not going to be leaping in front of any like trucks anytime soon. Right, and there's like very clear cause and effect there. <laughs> like you completely, as gruesome as it might be in like a football injury, you completely understand what just happened. Like yeah. you're like, okay, a large man going very fast <laughs> ran into another large man not going very fast. And then you see Kevin and Ware poorly for the man not going very fast. Then you see Kevin Ware and you're left with this existential like, should I ever leave my house again? <laughs> this can happen to anyone so yeah that was the, I, that was the one big thing and then the other big thing that broke yesterday Bulls related uh, <laughs> Nikola Mirotic broke his face uh, and the reason of, of that was one of his teammates apparently punched him quite hard immediately in the face uh, and this is this is not good from a Bulls perspective I don't think we were planning on winning many games regardless but Bobby Portis has been suspended eight games for, uh, which is, I think, a pretty reasonable suspension yeah, for uh, punching a teammate in the face. And this, could, out this very well could have been on your game uh, earlier of like where I had to guess oh, the, yeah, the suspension. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I think I would have gone way over eight on this. But uh, I, I kind of, I was expecting more. What people have been deducing from the length is that Nico might have like instigated a little bit, that he was right. like coming at Bobby and it was more of a retaliation thing. Still pretty crazy that like, I guess these guys are huge, like six foot ten people. That but that 
a punch when presumably Nico saw it coming could break your face like that. So I have a couple thoughts on this. Uh, my initial thought, and this might surprise you, it's probably an interesting spin, but I'm kind of happy with it. I, um, and honestly, any bad news with the Bulls right now is good to me. Anything that could possibly be a nail in the coffin of guard packs is like kind of a positive for me. Um, anything that's going to make them lose more games, probably also good in my book. Get to uh, take a look at marketing now going to start because both yeah. of the first two people have taken that, taken each other out in this. Exactly. <laughs> and, I, and I don't care about Nico like at all. I've kind of given up on him. Mm -hmm. uh, it would be so cool if he like rebounded and actually became even like half of what people thought he might be. But, um, kind of given up on that dream so that that doesn't hurt me too much um my other take on this though is like how stupid is nico like bobby portis is like what is he 610 pushing 250 oh yeah like for sure like how with dumb the, with you the have most, to be with the most like insane look in his eyes at all times like, yeah he just, looks like a psychopath just looks like a psychopath like the one what maybe the one guy in the nba that you wouldn't want to like anger some way just because like this guy's possibly got mental things going on just from looking at his eyes his eyes are like bulging out of his skull i totally agree that was uh, i don't know i don't know what nico is thinking must, must have got comfortable with him as a teammate for two I, years i like, can't even imagine what this fight was over there's mm -hmm. no information on it is there not really just that apparently they were like pushing and shoving a little bit and it somehow landed to this blow being struck that was so damaging could you imagine just being like one of the other bulls just kind of like you're going through practice and all of a sudden this guy's like face is broken and there's like an this guy's being taken to the hospital like whoa talk about like an escalated quickly situation right. i kind of wonder how bobby feels about it like if if there's like a part of him that's a little bit like yeah you don't mess with me like, i wonder <laughs> if that's gonna like help his reputation yeah. if like guys are gonna give him a little bit more space on the blocks the street cred's definitely gonna go up i mean if the bulls get in any type of on court altercation like he's got to be the hold me back guy now where you're like oh we don't you don't want us to unleash bobby on you <laughs> i don't even think he'd have to hold him back you just have to be near the altercation everybody's like oh, <laughs> all right, all right, all right, we're right, good right, we're, we're good. good calm down <laughs> your ball your ball we don't even want it <laughs> <laughs> yeah i mean uh going back to what you said about garpax like incompetence there was a funny tweet today saying doug collins who the bulls hired as like a special assistant um he said today that uh, he's now starting to have some doubts about the leadership uh, ability of Gar Foreman, which is, uh, well, it's kind of what you signed up for, Doug. I don't know what you were <laughs> expecting, but uh, nice to see him. His eyes opened up to that. <laughs> yeah, that's that's pretty incredible. I feel like at that point, that's like a team right now hiring Rick Pitino. And then like a year <laughs> later being like, you know what? Maybe Rick isn't what we thought he was. Yeah, I thought this guy was an upstanding guy. This was, this was weird. So... <laughs> Gonna be a gonna be a fun bull season. I think we're gonna. I think we should brace ourselves for some more possibly unintentional comedy to come. Yeah, I'm actually kind of excited about it. I think this is gonna be a better like entertainment wise, a better season for the Bulls than oh, last year. Yeah, and I mean, we really can't be let down. Like the worst case scenario is we win like 35 games and don't get like the best lottery pick. Is really, I mean, that's the worst thing that could happen. I would agree. Yeah. <laughs> I have the best case scenario, like a couple guys break out, we get the worst record in the NBA, and. Um, I don't know. That's, I think that's yeah, it. I think I, that's what I'm think that's anything, what we're hoping for. I don't think it could be any better than that. Like, yeah. It's basically, yeah, we know what we're... If you're not the Warriors, I mean, this is like the next best fate, so uh, sign me up. Uh, next thing we got to talk about, the U.S. men's national team uh, missing out. One of, the, one of the bigger bummers in recent memory. Uh, the thing that kind of gets me about this... I wasn't even watching like the first half of the game because, as I'm sure most of you guys know, it was like a 95% chance they were still at least going to be alive. They needed three results to go like completely opposite the way that they wanted them to go. Of course, it all happened. It all came apart. And this is just such a bummer because um, 
there's most sports like failures there's some kind of light at the end of the tunnel or some silver lining where like there's always next year or you know we, now we have a draft pick if we suck like we we're just talking about with the bulls but this is really just like there's no silver lining like this is just four years of pure emptiness so uh kind of kind of just depressing news i don't know some people thought it was kind of like funny and that the the u.s is like because all these kind of like once every four year soccer fans are pretending to be really upset about it but Kevin, I don't know if you uh, if you had any thoughts on the U.S. missing out. I'm gonna be honest; it, t- it hit me pretty hard. I was uh, I'm pretty depressed about it. Like, I'm a huge World Cup fan. I, I am totally a World Cup Euro guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, no shame. I know I get. I know my um, my me and my brethren get pretty hated on. Uh, but I think that's totally fair. Like, it, the, the World Cup comes once every four years, and you want the U.S. are also just like a perfect. I feel like both of the past two years, they've been such a perfect level of underdog where they've had an exciting game, an exciting result both times, and it's it's such an adrenaline rush. They haven't gone all the way, but that's fine. Like, you're just kind of signing up for that one, like, awesome moment, and now this, there's not even yeah. potential for that. Totally. I know a lot of people really, like, hate on the hype of, like, every, right, every four years, like, there's just, like, a ton of U.S. hype, and everybody gets, like, super on the team, but I kind of love it. It's kind yeah. of a blast. Like, last uh, last time, it was, like, the I Believe That We Will Win thing. Mm-hmm. There was some, like, awesome hype videos. They played, the, they played like, a really great first round in a really tough group. Mm-hmm. Uh, moved yeah, on, and then gave Belgium a hell of a game yeah. uh, with Tim Howard playing incredible. Like, it was... That was really fun. That was a fun team, um, and it's going to be sad for that not to be a possibility this uh, this next coming World Cup. Uh, yeah, I mean, there's there's still some bright sides with the team. Like, it's not all doom and gloom. Pulisic's mm-hmm. going to be a great player, like we've said before. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe this is like the the wake up call the U.S. needed. Maybe this is where they they revamp and uh, someone someone with a good soccer mind comes in and uh this is like the jolt they needed yeah. maybe i really hope so i mean i don't know if you saw taylor twelman went on like a big rant right after on sports Center that was really good about how this needs to be a jolt for the u.s but what you were just kind of saying reminded me of like how it's kind of fun to just every how everyone just jumps on it at once it kind of reminds me of like it's getting back to the roots of america like the the founding fathers we were like an underdog country at first and we were all about like you know we're the upstarts against these like old European countries that were like, oh, we're better than you. And then like we took over. And that's kind of how the U.S. soccer team feels. Is like we're the underdogs. People think we suck. And like we kind of get to prove them wrong. If, if you look at like U.S. basketball, like, it's no fun cheering for the U.S. basketball team. I, I almost cheer against them. I cheer for like Australia because like all these like we're such an overloaded powerhouse in basketball that like I we do not need to prove our superiority by right, winning gold medals. Like it's who it's totally who cares. Uh, it's it's way more fun cheering for our team against like the old established powers in soccer. And now we're just gonna have to like I don't know cheer for cheer for Ireland if they make it. Cheer for Iceland. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I don't, I, I don't know. I'm, it's back to the drawing board. I'm a, I'm a Germany fan. Uh, always have been. Last World Cup was pretty fun for me uh, with the U.S. doing well in Germany. Mm-hmm. Um, so I guess I'm cheering for the favorite. Yes, yeah, but I mean, oh. not as fun. I, I'm sure I'm going to find someone to cheer for. It just, just you just doesn't have the same kick. It's like watching any sports playoffs when your team isn't in it. It's like, yeah, I'm going to watch. It'll be fun, but it's not. You're just it's not, not as same, invested. Man. Yeah, it is a bummer. All right, so, uh, I mean, that's three big sports topics right there. As we said, this is such a big sports time. I haven't even been able to, like, 
watch the Blackhawks once a single time. I don't know if you've if it's been similar for you, but like I've been wanting to watch them. There's just so much stuff that's been going on that I haven't even been able to. Uh, I, I think we can pretty much cut off. The, those are the kind of the main sports storylines we want to get to. Yeah, I mean, of course, the NFL is going right now. Uh, not really too much to talk about there, though. Not a whole ton to talk about. It's yeah. crazy that the Chiefs just lost. They're the last undefeated team. It seemed like back in the day when we were kids, like almost every year there was a team that would at least make it to like 7-0, 8-0. Like there would always be like the Peyton Manning Colts kind of challenging for, and you'd always be like, ooh, that would be cool if a team went undefeated. But there's like, it's, there's so much parody now. It really just kind of, incredible amounts of bums out the storylines. It seems like every single week anyone can lose to anyone. Yeah. Um, who did the Falcons lose to last week? Um, the uh, Falcons lost. It was a terrible so loss. I can't yeah, even remember. I can't remember. Either, they were thirteen point favorites at right. home. Yeah. Huge shocker there. The Bears won last week. Like yeah. you just, you never know. It seems like this year, that... which is kind of cool. But when your team is as bad as the Bears, it's like I don't even know like what's going on. It's like right. just kind of too random. Like I, I there's <laughs> theoretically they're like the worst team in the NFL this year. Could have like five wins. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Uh, I don't. I don't even know. I guess the Browns are really bad. The Browns, the Browns are, really are bad. probably not going to win five. But like the Jets were supposed to suck, and they're winning they, games. They've already won three, and they gave the Patriots their ride. I know it's yeah. crazy. There's the uh, the Bills are like way surprisingly good. If, yeah, it feels like everything is a coin flip. So hopefully that I kind of ho- I hope that carries on until the playoffs, where it's not just like the Patriots go to the Super Bowl again. But up until then, it kind of just like. All right, wake me up when this stuff matters. Uh, so we can pivot over from uh, those main sports t- topics to our our more uh, you know more general weekly topics. First of all, I got a Patty's thing that still exists that doesn't need to exist anymore. This is a little more outdated because I had this one planned for last week, but uh, my thing that doesn't need to exist anymore is these Christopher Columbus kind of like half measures. So what I'm talking about is Columbus Day last Monday, and I'm, as I'm sure most of you know, like. So first of all, I didn't even know like what the deal was with that as a national holiday. I always thought that it was a national holiday because we got off. Didn't we always get off from school on that yeah, in like grade definitely. school? For sure. And but I guess it's not a it's not the caliber where you get off work unless you work in like certain uh, industries. But you always read the stories. People are like, oh, actually, Christopher Columbus was not a great guy because he committed genocide and uh, you know murdered millions of indigenous peoples. Um, I, I kind of, my reaction to that is always like, I kind of assume that anyone born prior to the year like 1800 was like has some skeletons in their closet. Like our right. founding fathers, many of, many of them were, were like slave owners. Like if we're going to pick nits at anyone's background, I know like genocide's a pretty big <laughs> nit to pick, but like you're not going to, everyone's not going to come out crystal clear. Um, basically... I don't understand why people get on us about Columbus Day, but then other stuff that has to do with Christopher Columbus is just, like, fine. Like, we've named so much stuff after Christopher Columbus. Like, Ohio, the capital of Ohio is Columbus. They, we, we just get to skate free. Like, you never go into an Ohio State game and you're like, hey, you guys are named after a guy who committed genocide. Like, that would just, people would be like, what, what are you talking about? Like, uh, Washington District of Columbia. It's like, do we have to change that name because Christopher Columbus wasn't a great guy? The whole country of Columbia. It's like, he murdered millions of your people, but you're still named Columbia. Like, why isn't there outrage about all of this stuff? For some reason, people just pick on, like, Columbus. They're like, no, this this has to stop. All this other stuff with Chris Columbus is fine. I, I just don't get, like, why there's half measures there. 
All right, I have a ton of thoughts here. <laughs> First of all, the first thing I need to say is incredible use of picnics. <laughs> I love that you reversed that phrase. I wasn't, I couldn't let that slide without at least commenting something. And then you went back to nitpick after you said everybody's out there just picking nits. <laughs> I don't know if that phrase works like that. The, I, I always assumed it did, but you might have just. What like, are nits? I, I don't know. I, I, nitpick. I assumed it was. I've, actually, I'm I was, kind of nitpicking here. I know. I kind of pictured like you know how when like adult monkeys like are just picking at like. <laughs> Oh, yeah, are those nits? I, I don't know if those are nits, but I thought that's like where that came from. I could just be totally off base. I don't on know. That. I've, never, I've never thought about, about that before, but I've definitely never heard that phrase reversed. So, so sorry, that doesn't have anything to do with no, anything. I, I, just appreciate, out to I me. appreciate that you called that. Uh, my stance on Columbus Day, though, is uh, I do. It's kind of funny you say this because I feel like I did watch a few videos like this last week, as you do every year about yeah, like the no, atrocities of Columbus. Yeah, and. I less I totally agree with you on the atrocity side. Like he totally totally did commit them, and almost everyone back then did like the stuff that like Genghis Khan did. Like oh, think yeah. about that. Like totally monsters. Basically, whatever. It's basically, the time. it's like I'm sure there were good people around then, but anyone whose name you've heard of, like, is right. probably that's like, how they rose to power. Yeah, yeah whatever. <laughs> um, my more, my bigger problem with it is that Columbus was an idiot. Like he was just really not a smart person. Like the whole thing about him thinking like the, that he being one of the first people to think the world is round is just not true. Like mm-hmm. that, that had been pretty much established at that point. Yeah. He just thought it was way smaller than it really was. Like he had these weird theories about the size of the earth. I didn't know that. Uh, yeah. Like everyone accepted that it was round. He just thought it was really small. Whereas everyone else is like, yeah, the, the earth is huge. There's no way you can get all the way around to China. And he's like, no, it's really small. It's like, it's going to be a really quick journey. Ah. Um, so or India, I mean, so he's he, like, oh, he, he takes, yeah. Great. So he goes, <laughs> He goes and he thinks he lands in India when really he's in the Caribbean. Yeah. Um, is on an island there. Never found out that it was in India. He, he died thinking he was in India. Um, it is pretty crazy how that like clerical error slash just like mistake that they thought they were in India has just like became so ingrained in history that those people are still referred to as Indians and like the like East Indies and all that stuff just like persevere. That's always kind of like blown yeah, me away. Yeah, it's absolutely crazy. <laughs> um, the other nuts thing about it is he never made it to the Americas really. Like he never, he stopped in the Caribbean. He never mm-hmm. went beyond that. So it's kind of insane that so much in the Americas is named after a guy that never made it there. Yeah. Like he did not discover them. I, I think the he must just have like there. a great marketing guy. Totally, totally yeah. did. Uh, <laughs> it, it is pretty crazy. I, I think when we think of Columbus Day, we don't think of like, oh, like let's offer our praises to Christopher Columbus. It's more just like oh this is when our continent was discovered right, it's, it's just like, celebrating the discovery and using him as like a focal point yeah it's, it's the same thing with president's day it's not not like every president has been like totally amazing it's like no like we're just it's just a day to recognize our leaders so i totally think that stuff's overblown yeah totally agree i think that's a good one uh i'm, I'm over to the columbus stuff as well all right uh i also have an etiquette watch for you so this one, uh, kind I think of, before we even get into okay, this, I do yeah. want to say Etiquette Watch, probably my favorite segment it's these always days. Good. I really I'm, like I'm, it, too. It's one of my favorite to come up with. Yeah. I find a, myself in, like, my everyday life, like, studying etiquette much more <laughs> and, like, trying to come up with things. So, but please continue. I So, some of my, like, recent ones have been kind of, like, more specific than I feel like is generally relatable, like my run-ins with the Potbelly guy. This one, I feel like, is something that most people have dealt with, so I'm interested to hear your take and everyone else's take. Um... I'm standing at the train station earlier this week, waiting for the train to go to work in the morning. Um, basically, in those situations, most of the time, people aren't really, like, talking. It's just more of a stand there in silence type deal. I noticed a conversation between, like, a group of three people as I was walking by. I was like, that's kind of weird. But I just stand there with my headphones in. This guy approaches me, and he says, uh, hey, are you a registered voter in Cook County? 
I was like, uh, yeah. Uh, I was like excited that I knew the answer to that question. I'm like, I don't want to have to deal with a stranger, but like he asked me a question I know, so yes. Um, <laughs> and then he was like, oh, cool. What? And then he has like a clipboard and he's like, I'm collecting signatures for this guy. He's running for uh, judge. He's a Democrat in the county. Um, do you want to, would you mind signing this petition? And would you have any questions about his policies or anything? And I immediately was just like, uh, yeah, sure. Like I can sign a petition. So he's like, do you have any questions? I was like, uh, no. So I just like wrote my name and my information down and he was like, thank you. And he just like left. And I saw him going up to these other people and some of these other people like didn't seem interested in signing. So my question is like, is there any downside for me to sign a random petition like that? Like I just gave him my name, my address and stuff. Basically like I, I kind of just felt like that was the thing to do. But at the same time, there's something weird about just like giving away like my name onto something that I didn't care about at all. Like that's obviously not the goal of petitions is just have people randomly sign them to get someone to leave them alone. Like you're supposed to believe in this cause you're signing up for. So like it, it, in those, in those general situations, are you pro just like putting your name on stuff? Uh, so I think I would have probably handled it a little differently than you. And then I probably would have asked a little bit about his policies mm -hmm. less because I care and more because I don't want the person to think that I don't. Exactly. <laughs> that, that's I, everyone else he was going up to was he was like conversing with, which made me right. kind of feel bad that I just gave this guy nothing. You probably should have <laughs> just been like, yeah, what are his like, what are what his biggest standpoints? Like, stand, like, yeah. yeah. What is he really running on? Um, like what's his platform, I suppose. But in uh, general, you're fine with, you know. Yeah. I mean, if you're not in a hurry and mm -hmm. like you're just standing waiting for the train, I probably would have signed too. Yeah. The thing on those uh, is that like, every candidate in order to get on the ballot has to get a certain amount of signatures mm -hmm. of like support from people. So they, they literally have to go around and do that. Uh, they don't use your information for anything. It's literally just to say that this is a real person and that he supports this candidate being on the ballot. Like you're not actually voting for that person in that situation. Obviously it's very low stakes. Yeah. Just because someone gets on the ballot doesn't mean a whole lot. Like That's the one downside of it is you might be putting like a monster on the ballot. Like, <laughs> yeah. You don't want to find out like 10 years later that like, but at that point he still has to win the actual election. So, right. And yeah. no one's ever really going to find out. Like nobody looks back and says like, <laughs> these are the people that it's, the stakes are incredibly low. Which is a theme fine. of etiquette watch. Right. <laughs> low stake, low stake scenarios. But that is reassuring to hear that, uh, that's something that I guess most people would do. I just felt weird about it. I was like, I just put my name on that. Yeah. I think the real question here, uh, less so, I guess it could be whether or not you would sign, but I think it's more so like, what's the approach when he comes over? Do you have to ask more questions? You just sign and get him out of there. Yeah. Cause I, I kind of see that like, Although I probably would have asked some questions and although he probably expected you to, like in the long run, you probably won yeah. by not having <laughs> to listen to more of his spiel, getting him out of the way and feeling good that you did something for this guy. Yeah. Like he, he's not upset with you. He got the signature he needed and he saved his breath and you get to go back to your music. Yeah, that, I mean, the way you said like, what is, what is his main like points or what does he stand for? Like that definitely would have been the thing to ask. But in that moment, like I couldn't think of a single thing to ask about like, what, what, what do I need to know about this guy? Like, I don't care. So <laughs> where did he stand on the soda tax? <laughs> that would have been awesome if I just had some like extremely specific question. Right, which I'm sure some people do. I would have, yeah. I, I guess, I guess some people have just like main topics on their mind. I would like to know just like, uh, what's his birthday? I should have just like girled the guy on some, some stuff. What's, his, see, uh, see much really what's his favorite color? And has he kept that same favorite color? Yeah. Like, is he a pet owner? I, there's so much stuff I could have learned, but, uh, yeah. All right. So that's, uh, that's etiquette watch for this week. Uh, you said you have a new segment this week, right? It's not really a segment. I just wanted to kind of bring this to your attention. We can maybe spitball, uh, like how this could be applied in real life. So, uh, I read about this like crazy MLB rule that I've never heard before. I'm, uh, the baseball's just got, I feel like the, the rule book was written in like 1890 and just kind of has stayed there. It's one of those things, uh, the way I would compare it is like some states have really weird laws. Exactly. Like there's a lot of states <laughs> that still have like laws about tying up your horse. 
That just yeah. like that. There's no. They never bothered. Like they never bothered to go back. Like it yeah. really doesn't matter anymore. What's the point of like going through a legal process of removing it? I feel like baseball is full of those being the oldest sport in the U.S. Yeah, I feel like those those state laws. Those those are just like classic internet threads. Are just like weirdest laws. Like you, like I, the you no always... whaling in uh, Montana. I think <laughs> yeah. it is. You can always sink like twenty minutes into just like, hey, did you hear about the Montana whaling law? Yeah, like <laughs> you're always going to be blown away by some stuff. But uh, here's one for baseball. This was dug up by. Uh, a reporter named Meg Rowley, who's like a baseball prospectus writer, so shout out to her. Um, she, she basically, when managers are ejected, what what mostly happens in modern baseball is they they kind of go into the clubhouse. They're not allowed to like technically participate in the game anymore. But uh, here's um, the full rule: when a manager, player, coach, or trainer is ejected from a game, he shall leave the field immediately and take no further part in the game. He shall ma- remain in the clubhouse or change to street clothes and either leave the park or take a seat in the grandstand well removed from the vicinity of his team's bench or bullpen. So a great little rule that I feel like is just not being exploited at all. Uh, it's, there's been a few ejections in the postseason. How awesome would it be if Joe Madden, after getting ejected, just throw on clothes. some street clothes and like finds a seat somewhere in Wrigley Field, like far enough removed where, and like there would just be cameras pro- probably constantly panning to him, just like grabbing a beer, maybe just like <laughs> he's got like peanuts, just like sitting in the upper deck. Like, I there's so many questions that this just immediately brings up. Like, first of all, like what is the vicinity? Like, like right, what kind of distance? I don't know what about? kind of distance we need. Like the the Cubs bullpens under the dugout so I don't think you have to worry about that I think as long as he's not in like the front row it's probably fine second of all it's just like are they just supposed to be like do, do teams have tickets reserved for if this happens it just basically says like find find a seat like yeah. the, the Cubs games are selling out like how what can you just like tell someone like I'm Joe Madden like, <laughs> can you imagine Joe like going and taking a seat in the bleachers like catching an opposing home run and tossing it <laughs> You're <laughs> like heckling the left fielder with the the bleacher bumps. Yeah, like yeah, that's incredible. That's an I've never heard of that rule, but I really, really want to see someone take advantage of it. It's just like begging. For, it's something Joe Madden would do too. It's just it's just begging to be exploited. Like I have no idea why this had to be written in the rules in the first place. Like in the 1890s, like could the coach not just leave? Like well, I guess they want. Well, there watch weren't TVs them. then, so okay. they're, they're not beginning. They can't watch the game from the clubhouse. <laughs> so in order in order to like find out what happened, rather than like having to wait till the game's over they can just go in that is a good and point. watch from the stands i'm sure back <laughs> then it happened a decent amount although i don't know like how many ejections there were i don't know if ejections have gone up or down yeah that's a good point i would actually be interested to see in like a time lapse of like ejections over time whether or not they stay consistent if they rise fall you would I have feel to like think- in recent years they've fallen yeah, but you would have to think in those more old times. I would think that they would get a little more slack from the manager or from the umpires because, because like as you said, the games weren't televised. So it's not like the umpires have to like protect, like oh, you can't do this to us, or everyone will start doing this to us. I feel like they would more be like, all right, dude, like calm down, like just go back to the dugout. Yeah, that's true. But uh, I also love the street clothes thing. Like they're not allowed. He's not allowed to wear his uniform to go sit in like the bleachers. <laughs> yeah, so I'm imagining him putting on like a fake mustache and like uh, <laughs> like like a, a hat, a fake Theo, mustache, Theo like a big that. trench coat. Theo Epstein sat in the bleachers like last year with a fake mustache and like a and a hat so i would love to see joe do the same but uh crazy rule unbelievable rule yeah i wonder i'm trying to think of that in other sports like if there's really not that many ejections in other sports so i guess it doesn't apply in quite the same way uh well i guess for every other sport like basketball you just go back to like locker room Football, uh, yeah, I guess you're, you're always basically just forced to leave the premises, I feel like. Right. But baseball, they, they give you a little wiggle room. <laughs> That's great. All right, uh, closing things off for this week, we got the game. 
Um, I'm actually pretty excited. I think this is a pretty good game. It might be fun for you guys to play along. We'll see how Kevin does. This game is called Missing Connection. So I'm going to give you a list of, I think it's always going to be four athletes. They, they may seem just like random strings of athletes, but they all share a certain One connection. thing, I, ooh, this is fun. So you're going to tell me what that is. So I'll start you off with this one. Edgar Renteria. Joe Carter, Bill Mazeroski, Luis Gonzalez. What is what do those four players share? Can I get them again? Sure. Edgar Renteria, Joe Carter, Bill Mazeroski, and Luis Gonzalez. Okay. Uh, all with uh, game-winning hits in the playoffs. But it's more specific than that. You're definitely on the right track. Game winning home runs, not no. home runs, but they all hit. They all hit walk offs to end the World Series. Okay, so right. World Series winning hits. World so you're along the along yeah, the, I was right, in the right ballpark. I was trying to keep it more broad because mm-hmm. I, I knew I know like a few of those. Like I definitely know Maz and Gonzalez. Mm-hmm. Uh, I feel like those were the two most right. most uh, common ones. So those uh, there those were four of the most five recent ones. Someone did it on the Twins, whose name I like didn't even recognize, so I left him off. But uh, those are basically the four most recent guys to do it. Mezrowski was probably the most famous one. All right, next next group: Davis Love, the golfer; mm-hmm. Robert Griffin; Golden Tate; and James Ennis on the Grizzlies. Okay, so uh, Golden Tate and Robert Griffin are definitely the two I'm most familiar with. Can I get the other two one more time? Davis Love is a golfer, right? And James Ennis is a player for the Grizzlies. Okay. Uh, whew. Terry Rozier actually also falls into this category. <laughs> Man, that made it harder. <laughs> uh, Any idea? If you have, if you, if you have, I gotta think age. Are they all the same age? No. They're all the thirds. Oh, Davis Love the Third. Davis oh the third. man, I should have known that. Golden Tate the Third. I thought there would be more of them, but apparently before RG three, guys did not put Roman numerals on the back of their jerseys. And then when he started, I didn't, being, I didn't even know Golden Tate was the Third. I know. I, I mean, when he went to Notre Dame, no one like referred him to, to him that way. But once RG three put the Third on the back of his jersey, like a ton of guys have started doing it. I, I, I threw in the Terry Rozier one because he actually never used to do it, but he just added it this year and it was on his jersey yesterday. So those are all the thirds. Um, wow, I feel like I should have gotten that. All right, next one: Michael Carter Williams, Vince Young, Bobby Crosby, Chris Coughlin. Uh, say it one more time: Michael Carter Williams, all rookies of the year. There you go, nailed it. Uh, I feel <laughs> I, I I love uh, Bobby Crosby. Always like cracks me up as, as a rookie. The classic. Of the year. <laughs> I always think of him from MVP 05. Yeah, to bring up MVP 05. He was pretty good in that game. Yep. All right, um, next one. Joey Votto, Andrew Wiggins, Sidney Crosby, and Nick Stauskas. Ooh, Nick Stauskas uh, messed me up there. I was going to say number one overall picks, but Stauskas was not. I don't think Votto was either. But... Votto wasn't, yeah. Okay, say those one more time. Joey Votto, Andrew Wiggins, Sidney Crosby, and Nick Stauskas. Oh, man. Any ideas? Thank you. This is definitely, this is, this has got to be. That seems so tough, random. That's such a random, random collection of people. Uh, <laughs> uh, I will also add, I, cro- I crossed one out, but I actually can't read it anymore. <laughs> I'm just, 
I don't know. I'm gonna pass on this. I don't, literally have no idea. All Canadians. Oh. Yeah. Huh. All from Canada. I knew Stauskas was Canadian. I don't know if I knew any of those other guys were Canadian. I had no yeah. idea Vado was Canadian. Yeah, Vado's super Canadian. Super yeah. Canadian. Super. Really? He's like not even. Yeah. I think he wore like a Mountie costume at some point. I don't remember why. Maybe for like an All Star. Uh, type I'm of trying deal. to think. I, I don't even know if I've heard him talk before. I can't picture his voice. Yeah, yeah. He's kind. He kind of sounds like a Canadian. I feel like Sidney Crosby might have thrown you off because I basically could have plugged in any NHL player. Any there. NHL player. Yeah. Yeah. There's kind of a surprising amount of NBA ones now. Like Anthony Bennett was also like it was back to back oh, number Reagan's one picks. Was Canadian too. Yeah. There's kind of a surprising amount of basketball players from Canada these days. All right. Next one's football related. Um, Kurt Warner, Antonio Gates, Tony Romo, your boy, my boy, Priest Holmes. What do those four share? Kurt Warner, Antonio Gates, Tony Romo, Priest Holmes, Chiefs legend running back. Yeah, wow. Uh, hmm. I would say, since you're a big Tony Romo fan, like, I don't know, just think about maybe like unique quality. Yeah, no, that was definitely the route I was going. I'm pretty yeah. familiar with Romo. Uh, trying to think. I'm, I'm, it's funny that like every single time I think of the previous one and it like goes back, so I'm like thinking like Tony Ramos from Wisconsin, they're all from Wisconsin. <laughs> like, uh, and I'm like I'm thinking was, about like yeah. where they went to college, but that's not <laughs> it either. They definitely did not all go to Eastern Illinois. Yep. Uh, man, this is tough. Yeah, uh, tough they're not all the same age. Kurt Warner's way older than Tony Romo. Uh, who are the other two? Romo Warner. Antonio Gates. Gates and Very tight end. Priest Holmes, legendary running back. Uh, I mean, they're all great players. <laughs> all great players. All from humble origins. Oh. All undrafted. All undrafted. undrafted I did NFL think. Players. I would, so Antonio Gates and Priest Holmes threw me off there because I wasn't sure. And now that I'm thinking about it, I definitely knew Priest Holmes was. Mm-hmm. I don't. I didn't know Antonio Gates was. But he's a tight end, so I guess it's yeah. not that surprising. They're basically like the kind of the four best uh, undrafted players. So. Wow. All right, last one we got here. Uh, I I, I kind of hope you get this one. All right, J T Snow, former Giants right. yeah. uh, first baseman, Austin Rivers of okay. the is he still on the Clippers? Yeah, I don't think so. Brandon Flowers used to be a cornerback for the Chiefs. Not the singer. Not the singer of the Killers, but okay. but also applicable. Um, Tyreek Hill, actually another Chief. Tyreek Hill. So a re- repetition of that. J T Snow, Austin Rivers, Brandon Flowers, Tyreek Hill. Oh, this easy one. All of these are Game of Thrones bastard snaps. All could be Game of Thrones bastards. Nailed it. <laughs> thought that was a pretty good one. So it was a good one. Pretty good performance there. Uh, kind of like the format of that game. I might just like redo that. No, that's that. fantastic. Yeah. I, I feel like um, it's inspired me on a couple like more ideas like along those lines for games. Yeah, it's a it's a clever way to think about it. I don't think we've been nearly sporkle enough on those games. Yeah, the spo- yeah the sporkle ability could go up. I was thinking like. For so many of those, I was coming up with that at work, and I just wanted to go on Sporkle and look at like weird groupings because right. that's just like perfect for that. So definitely uh, agree with the the Sporkle comment. Cool. Well, yeah, that just about does it for this episode. Uh, Patty, have any final thoughts? Um, not really. Um, R.I.P. to the Cubs. Probably when we're listening to this, hopefully that's a reverse jinx, and the, everyone's like, "Oh, these guys, they're gonna be so happy when yeah, the, the Cubs are through." I, I feel the same. I don't really have many final thoughts here. I really thought it was a good episode. I don't really want to pick any nits. It's <laughs> a good way to tie it all together right there. Alright, thanks as always to our producer, Chris McDonald. Later guys.